Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. It's the top of all the rated sportsbooks. Make sure you use that promo code CHGO when you download the app and sign up. Yeah. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Yeah. But guys, Big Dave, bow, B-A-W-L Sports, <laughs> Will the Goat, Will the Thrill, Will underscore Gottlieb. Adult. Our fearless leader slash producer. Joey Spathis. Adult. He's at Joey Spathis on Twitter. He's the adult. No, He's the adult yeah. who is also the youngest of all of us by a decade and a half. I have not read Mice and Men. Of Mice yeah, and Men. You can't be an adult. I gave you that homework assignment last night, Joey, during postgame. It's, yeah. it's a long book. Did you start? It's actually it? a very short book. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't it's even. Like not even 100 pages. Yeah, I didn't look. Seen the book. I didn't look. What'd you expect? Post game last night ended at midnight. You thought it was I got late night. Yeah. yeah. I went home. I read the entire story. Do you I wrote, have a copy? I wrote an essay. Mm-hmm. You wrote an essay? I would about, like to read your essay. I would like to grade your essay. The yeah. prominent themes and the character of Lenny. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm actually intrigued. I'm going to need this. to read that. Yeah, me too, man. And okay. I'm going to grade it. Yeah, I'll need bring to you guys this. in a copy. I got to grade it with a red pen, young man. Next week. You got a comma out of place, man. It's going to be your ass, I promise. (laughs) I just feel like it's going to be riddled with misspellings. (laughs) Got my red pen ready for you, bro. I can't wait. Semicolon, what the hell for? It's going to be on you, bro. I don't know why I have this reputation as being a bad speller. Not true. No, because because I see you with typos in our stuff all the time. I'm the only one who's sending the... The links, there's going to be a couple typos. I'm true. Just, He's right about that. He's right. He is. Right. You know, Matt wants perfection. I just you I know. Know, don't, no excuse. Don't just do that lazy thing where you just have Word do the spell check for you and not actually <laughs> proofread it yourself. You got to commit that extra I level agree. of time to He's editing your own work, to high sir. standards because he cares. I agree. Mm. No Because he holds himself to high standards. He wants us Damn to be right. great. Yes. Just like MJ said in the last dance. What did he say? I never asked my teammates anything to do that I didn't do myself. He's right. This is true. Yeah, Peck just wants me to win. He this wants me to experience that, too. I want you to, to enjoy the winning That's feeling right. of writing a quality essay, Joseph. This is why he doesn't discuss music with us, Joseph. He, only, he sticks in the wheelhouse of things that he does great. I respect that. Comments respect. big enough for you guys? Say it again. Comments Perfect. big enough? Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Pretty I, have solid. Bad, I have bad eyesight. That's you why do? I got to rewatch Bulls games. So so yeah, so I, can, I can't see what's going on. Just Grandpa Will over there who doesn't have his cheaters. Yeah, like, adult is probably, tell you the adult, man. Dude. Thanks for getting up. Adult uh, is generous. I'm more yeah. like. Thanks for turning out your early bird special, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know this is around your time right now. Mm-hmm. You know? It is. Uh, it's about your it time. Is, Go get dude. it. Hope y'all have been able to 
shake off that blowout loss from last night. Oh, we already got to blow it up. Benjamin has not taken it off. <laughs> See, this, is, this is why I wanted the comments up. bigger. Blow it up. <laughs> Forget it. Start it off. Um, we, we'll Hello, talk Benjamin. a little bit more about that on today's show. We're going to cover a few few topics, uh, including whether or not the Bulls are, in fact, the most depressing team in the NBA. They are not. Should the Bulls run more of their offense through their starting center, Nikola Vucevic? Maybe. And at the one-quarter mark of this year, 22-23 season, how should Bulls fans feel? Mm. Where are we on that ledge? Mm. Are we tiptoeing closer to the edge? Mm. Or are we backing away from it? Mm. Um, what up, Anthony? Nice to see you here uh, hanging out with us again. You're quite welcome, sir. All right, guys. Well, so so let's start here. In case people missed it, this was a column that popped up on the ringer, uh, I don't know, a few days ago now. Um, and it was, what, what was the headline again? The Bulls are the most depressing, are the NBA's most depressing team. And mm-hmm. uh, Will, I know you and our guy Mark K touched on this a little bit in your most recent HQ. Um, and, and like, I know people were asking us about this in the comments of other recent shows. Look, to me, this is just one of those examples of I gotta an, off. a national NBA head writing something about the Bulls when they don't know really the full story of what's going on. Yeah. Michael Pina, Pina is the author, not super familiar. Mm. I maybe have seen a couple of things of his in the he past. He does decent work. He does sure. decent work. He's, He's good. good. Um, okay. Open floor podcast I like. To okay. me, the, the important question is whether or not Bulls fans think this is the most depressing team in the NBA. It's a great I don't give a damn what this random ringer columnist thinks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I disagree with a lot of what he wrote in his column. Mm-hmm. Some of it is factual, and some of it I think is a stretch, and some of it I think are sweeping generalizations about what the Bulls sh- should do compared to the situation they find themselves in. Yeah. Um, what, what was your first takeaway from that, Dave? Uh, the same ones you had, <laughs> actually. I, I kind of laughed at it, um, didn't read it, because I don't think you can write something like this without some kind of fact in it. So you have to have some facts because that's what you have to base it off of. But as a lot of lies are, you know what I'm saying, go, you, you, they're always based in some kind of truth. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I feel you on that. And then he just kind of goes off the deep end for me. And I'm like, yeah. Well, he lost me, first of all, at most depressing. Because when I think of depressing, I think of like a team with like, I don't know, two top 75 players and they're like battling for last place. Like, for me, that's depressing. You mean the, uh, the Lakers? That's one, yes. <laughs> or, I, or I think of uh, a team with a guy who's probably the MVP candidate right now that they're barely 500 and struggling to win, those Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> the, for me, that stuff is depressing because those guys have real championship expectations. And when you don't even – when you're not even sniffing it, you know what I mean, or even getting close to touching it – for me, that is depression. Mm-hmm. The Bulls, we knew what they were coming this season. You're right. On, again, they on are that point, who Matt. we thought they were. Right. We, we knew what this was coming in. Six seed, seven seed, you know what I'm saying? Something like the play-in. You know, we knew what this was. So it's not depressing to us for them to be playing up to what we thought they were going to be, give or take about two or three games that I thought they should have won. Yeah. You know what I mean? But still, like, yeah, this team is not going to – this team is not whole. They're mm-hmm. not going to look right. They're not going to look together yet. So they're doing kind of – What's expected, but teams that have came in and said, no, we know what we're trying to do right now. This is championship time. Here go the expectations for us, and we're not even meeting any part of them. I'm leaving out teams like Detroit, uh, Orlando, you know what I'm saying, those kind of t- – the Rockets. I mean, those right. are young teams everybody expected. Is the you excitement know, to have those of L's. what might happen with Paolo or is the excitement of what might happen with Cade Cunningham something that 
makes those fan bases less depressed than Bulls fans right now. <laughs> those teams are still trash. Yeah, but I'm, oh, look at all the great pieces Orlando have. Yeah. Cool, they're still trash. They're looking at all the young stuff, and they've been trash for a while. Yeah, so they're used to it. But they're looking at all the young players, like you said. You've, you've got guys just like, oh, I can point to him and say, well, you know, we'll, that'll put us on the. The, the, the lips of the national media because we have young guys who people are looking at. But for me, it's just more depressing when you have a goal to win it all and you're not meeting anywhere in it. And also depression is what I went through years ago with the Chicago Bulls team. I remember that stuff. That's depressing. Watching Jackie Moon game with Clay Thompson get whooped on. That's depressing. Colin you know says, I mean? Colin says, all I know is I'm 90% less depressed than I have been for the last five years about the Bulls, and I'm 500% more excited. That, right there. We, he, he understands pain is what that is. He understands what depression is and sadness and drinking your sorrows away because you're watching another 20-point ass whooping. That is depression when you're combining it with alcohol. I ain't had to have a drink watching this team in two years. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, okay, we took an L. That was tough. But, dude, it doesn't make me question my fandom. Yeah. That's not what's happening right here. I agree with Mark K. Minnesota's sort of yeah, depressing. That's, that's another one. Yes, that's depressing. Everything. That, mortgage that whole that, everything. That's yes. looking like it could be the worst trade in recent NBA of the last 10 years. Like All, uh, all of what we're talking about right now is subjectivity like you can say oh is washington more depressive is minnesota is orlando it's not good to be in the conversation though it's an opinion Mm. so this guy's got an opinion that's fine but i think if you zoom out and look at why he feels this way it's because the bulls are not performing the way that maybe they would have hoped Mm -hmm. which is better than nine and twelve yeah right like that is that's a disappointment i wouldn't say that's depressing but it's Mm -hmm. a disappointment yeah and they are out two more picks, which are really like the main ways that you can improve your team. Yeah. So there's limited uh, avenues for improvement and the team is not performing. So I get where that's coming from. But yeah, I mean, to go to the most depressing, I think that, is, that's, it's, I, I think it's, it's a wild. big jump because that. they actually do have avenues to right. improve. And we, yes. can, we can spend some time talking about that. But I just think like the, the overarching premise of this story is that the Bulls are completely lost in the wilderness right now. And yeah. I just, I fundamentally dis- disagree with that because they do have a good team with good players. They're underperforming, but that doesn't make them necessarily like a lost cause. And they have avenues to improve, which he also listed out. So it's kind right. of like. I mean, they have a lot of close losses that could have been wins if a few plays go differently. They are still, despite this, oh my gosh, the sky is falling attitude fans seem to have after last night's loss. Okay, 9-12 and 12 doesn't sound great. They're two and a half games back of the sixth and final playoff spot. You're two and a half games back of still avoiding the play-in with three quarters of the season to play. Oh, and by the way, through this part of the season, the Bulls have had the biggest level of difficulty, strength of schedule-wise, of any team in the NBA. Boom. Just a little perspective and context for all of you. This is the most depressing thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Fans out there. And, and, and it's like you said. Two and a half games me, back. It's not that if he said the Chicago Bulls are depressing, yeah. I, I was like, okay, I can hear that point. You know what I mean? I hear that argument. I get why it can be depressing. The most depressing in the league, that's what you lost me. Because it's, that's not a, you're trying to state that as this is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, they're the ones. Point at them right there. A team that's not even in last place is going to be depressing. The most depressing team for you. I don't see it like that, bro. Sorry. The, the injuries are depressing. Yeah. Lonzo's depressing. Sure. Zach not playing as well as he can is depressing. That's sad. But mm-hmm. those are also areas where 
the team could improve. Yeah, true. It's depressing that the Bulls are two and eight in clutch games this yes. year. That's yes. depressing. But they were first in the league in clutch games last year. Not so depressing. that's an area where they can improve. So I, I think like when when we have these conversations, the one we did last night, where it's like this team got whooped. Devin Booker scored fifty. Bad game. Fifty one. Fifty one. Whatever. <laughs> like you. You have to zoom out and think about it bigger picture because yeah. when you get, when you fly into those extremes after one game, mm. you're gonna freak out. This is what happens. The Bulls beat the Bucks. Oh my God, they're a contender. Right. But right. they're still seven and ten or seven and eleven, whatever it right. was at that right, time. Right, right, so right. it's it's like one game at a time. Let's like zoom out and and think big picture. I realize that that's a lot less fun, but this is kind of where it is right now. They uh, like hot takes ahead. only. Will. Will, what do you mean? Lukewarm takes with Will. <laughs> <laughs> Look, looping back to this ringer column, and also kind of it goes back to what we were discussing a little bit in postgame last night, the whole question of whether or not this team should, quote, unquote, blow it up right now and what blow it up means. Is it? Just quit. Because in this life, you can't. I thought you guys would appreciate that one. (laughs) It's it's a a great lecture from Jack Black to Mm -hmm. the young children of School of Rock. (laughs) Give up. Just quit. Just quit. Um... What, what was I saying? To your oh. discussion on demand. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> um, the, the whole blow it up thing and whether or not that means tanking. That's the issue I have with this ringer column is because it's okay. The whole like, are they the most depressing team? It's a grabby headline, right? Sure. It's, yes. it's like, uh, it's clickbait headline. Yeah. His thesis Got us to click on it. is if any team in the entire NBA should tank, it's the Bulls. Yeah. That's his thesis. This is the team that should be tanking the hardest right yeah. now. Mm. And his logic of that is, well, you know, Zach is a limited all-star. DeMar is aging. The, the, those two plus Vooch as a trio have a net negative. Mm. Lonzo's not coming back, et cetera. But here's, here's the other thing. He willingly says in this column, oh, well, by the way, you know, the Bulls still owe next season's uh, or next year's draft pick to Orlando. It is top four protected. So you should tank. <laughs> oh, but by the way, even if you tank your way, if you're the Bulls, to being one of the three worst teams in the NBA, you only have just slightly over a 50-50 shot at keeping that pick versus still giving it to Orlando. Yeah. And then where does that get you? And how do Bulls fans feel about tr- trusting NBA draft lottery ping pong balls these days? Because is so- it not great? I don't know about you, but for me, it's fucking not great. That's actually the part where I do agree with it a little bit in the sense that like, and okay, let's, let's start from the top here because I think it's pretty clear based on the first couple of sentences in this, that he wrote this after the magic game, after the bulls lost to the magic yeah. went to six and 10 or whatever it was. And before they beat the bucks and Celtics, yes. um, that was, that was rock bottom. We've yeah. talked about it. We've said it. That was as bad as it could get. So it says recent wins against the Celtics and bucks aside, mm-hmm. So, like, there are going to be bad games, but the Bulls could find themselves in this situation where even though they're not necessarily trying to tank, mm-hmm. they could end up giving the Magic the fifth overall pick. Right. right? That's, that's a possibility. And so if you are trying to max, maximize your odds, mm-hmm. you may as well try to chip in an extra however many percent and get closer to that, even if you do end up giving them the fifth pick, which could happen regardless. So I, I get it from that perspective, but again, like... Part of the reason why they're depressing is because they're not playing well. Would you rather end up with Amen Thompson and not have <laughs> Damar or Vooch or Zach Levine next year, or 
maybe end up with him and still have those guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think it's just a little bit short-sighted in that sense. But I think that the idea of the Bulls have traded away, just traded away their pick, top four protected, prevents them from being bad or trying to be bad. Mm-hmm. I think that is, like, in some in some ways, I think it would be worse to, you know, end up giving away the fifth pick and not also getting draft picks back, future picks, other assets, whatever, instead of just giving them the fifth pick and staying on the course that they're on now. Right. But but I also don't really agree with the notion that some Bulls fans have that, well, you know, they, they have nothing left as mm-hmm. far as draft capital. Mm-hmm. They, they've they pushed everything into the middle of the table, like this comment from Fly the Dub. Acme can't and won't tank. They pushed all their chips in with this group. It's not like the Bulls' cupboard is bare. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't want to trade off DeMar or Vooch or, you know, anybody else on this roster to try to look if you think about the fact that they've already sent one of those picks to Orlando for Vooch they only owe them one more mm-hmm. you've got the DeMar sign and trade San Antonio two years after that yes but you've got the Portland pick coming in boom so the Bulls right now are just net down one first round draft pick that's it one one net First round pick is what the Bulls are down. And some Bulls fans act like, oh, like they mortgaged everything mm-hmm. to put this group together and this is the best they can do. Mm-hmm. They didn't mortgage everything. They didn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked a little bit last night. Look, you know, DeMar was on a shorter deal. Vooch's deal is expiring. Might not bring him back. Mm-hmm. It's like the Bulls only have, I think, four or five contracts on their books in 2024. Mm-hmm. And by then will be just one pick to San Antonio away from being done with all of this that they've done to put this roster together. And the picks to San Antonio are, are top 10 protected. Yeah. You know, it's also like, it's, it's also funny to me because the league is so bunched up right now in both conferences, like record wise, like everybody is kind of treading water at, at 500. Nobody's really just gone above that. Maybe two, three teams, you know, Boston, uh, Milwaukee, you know, uh, Phoenix, you know, those kind of teams are above it. But it's so wild because if you, you mentioned like being in the sixth seat, if the Bulls win three and the Pacers lose three, they're the four seed. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so crazy right now. You know, and that's how close everything nah, kind of is nah, right but, now. No, but blow it up, Dave. Yeah, but, you know, get rid of it. You know what I mean? Like it's, But it's, it's that close. Like everything is that just right there against each other right now. And I'm not saying it's great, you know, for the Bulls to be in a position where they're not 500. But I'm saying right now it's – okay to be right there right now with the league being as bunched up as it is right now and the Bulls still trying to find their footing and again treading water and I've said this a lot this season they're just kind of treading water man and trying to keep their nose above it keeping your head above water <laughs> tell me I, what show is that tell me I don't I don't know David I just knew he knew <laughs> I just knew he knew it man does anyone else know I got nothing nobody I'm more mad at you. Yeah, well, when I'm Matt sorry. doesn't know, I mean. I'm because Keeping your head above water? Because you heard Jack Black singing this in School of Rock. Singing. Mm, making a way when you can. Temporary layoffs. When he was in the van with John. Oh, my God. What I'm show so is that? right now. I am ashamed. Of that's the first time. The that's now. the when first time. He's singing Led Zeppelin. Mm-mm. When he was in there with Joan Cusack. After he went on the drink, on the date with her. Oh, uh, to try and convince her to take him on the field trip. Yes. Mm, Classic. And he's singing. That's one of the first times one of you has made a reference that the other has not understood. Shame! It's completely serious. Where is the shame sound effect? Wait, what show? What show is that? Good Times. Mm, mm, mm. Shame. Thank you. Shame. Thank you. Shame. Shame on this man here. 
How dare you? Thank you, Frank. Thank you very much. Nicholas Stevie Nicks. Good job, Marque. <laughs> I like how he named the person and not a song. <laughs> it's, it's Stevie Nicks. I do love how Joan Cusack, it's like a smash cut until like two seconds later, she's had three sips of beer. She's absolutely hammered. <laughs> Who, baby, who say you? It's <laughs> my shit. Uh, <laughs> I broke Joey. Oh, here comes Fly the Dub back with his record of a random spot choosing between last season partway and then this season. And what here we the, go. Shout out Fly the Dub. What are you doing, man? What are you doing Bulls to yourself? Bulls are now 29, 38, last six, seven are games. What you doing basically to yourself? the same roster. Shout who the out. hell cares? Shout out to you. I think there is actually value in that comment because... Talk to me, Will. The... The Bulls didn't do anything this summer. Yeah. Right? So they didn't try to improve. So I think you can, like, the whole idea of we need to uh, evaluate the group that we have. I, I mentioned this last night. Lonzo's not going to be back by the time they need to make decisions about mm -hmm. their yeah. future, right? Like, it's going to be extend or trade Vooch. Those are the two options, right? They're, not, they're probably not going to let him walk for nothing. Okay. So by the time they, in theory, need to make a call about extending or trading him, Ideally, you would like to see that full group with Lonzo back together. That's not going to happen. So you've now seen however many games this is it, 67 games mm -hmm. with this group performing the, the way that they have. Like, I do think that you can look at the sample size from last year and lump it in with this year. It's not a perfect comparison. They were a complete disaster towards the end of last year. And I think mm -hmm. that that, in a way, balances out with the first half where they were overperforming. But I do think at a certain point, like, you look at the group from those last however many games plus these first however many games – and I think you, you have to look at that in some capacity and say, mm. we're missing X, Y, and Z things from this group that we've now seen almost 70 games of. Mm. Did he say the Bulls' defense is depressing? That's the best thing about them. <sighs> it's the only good thing about them yeah. right now. And look, I mean, but, like... But he got was, good time, so shout out to what, you. What I do understand <laughs> uh, as far as fans who are frustrated is Where's kind of... What, what you were saying just now, Will. That their explanation for not doing anything at the trade deadline last year even when you kind of saw them starting to slip a little bit as they were nearing that deadline was that's a well that's a good point i'm glad you brought up because when they were starting to slip when we're healthy yeah. we like our group yeah we'll get people back yeah zach's neil come back and be yep. fine lonzo will come back we'll that's be great banking on. Yep. like our group that excuse last season to me was at least understandable logically speaking if their optimism was mm -hmm. we get this group healthy and we were the top seed in the east to do that again this year, if the Bulls are worse than starting to slip from the top, but where outside they are the now, outside the play-in, then, okay, I, I would understand the rage from the fan base at that point. Yeah, um, Because, but again, again it's, it's now that trade deadline, which I think was fair. I agree mm -hmm. at that point. It was this summer, which I disagreed with that. Right. I think they should have done more to add. Right. And now if we see it again at this upcoming trade deadline, that's mm -hmm. too three flagpole like points in time where right. you you have an opportunity to make moves and i mean we'll see what they do at the deadline but if the, if the idea is that they still have to wait and see yeah. like how long can you just wait and see it's a great point right uh, but i but i do think that like the bigger issue that i have with this article specifically is that the whole thing is they're the most depressing team but also alex crusoe is awesome he's one of the best defensive players in the league and also, look that. at what you could get back if you traded DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. You've got all these guys that could get you back assets. So, are they really that depressing? I mean, if you, if you did decide to move on from all those guys, you could end up with net, like, 
3x the amount of draft picks that you shipped out to get them. True. I would say that's a pretty good situation to be in. Pretty Whether or not you believe in this group as a whole, and yes, some of those assets do depreciate over time because you're talking about uh, a Vucevic who's going to be expired. You're talking about DeRozan who's now got a year and a half left instead of two. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And is 33 years old instead of 32. Like some of these assets do depreciate in value, but you still have so many players you could move off of. Like if the Bulls really wanted to blow it up, they could get picks for Caruso. They could get picks for Vooch, Demar, Zach. If you really are like trying to trade guys, you could get picks for Patrick and Io. Like they ha- they have ways to improve the roster. I think the bigger question is, do they go the other way and try to add to this roster? Mm. I think that's a dangerous game because. We don't know if or when Lonzo will be back. We don't know when we'll be able to evaluate this group as healthy. So it's very difficult to decide what to do. But I think you get to a certain point and you have to make a decision. You can't just continue on status quo. So I, that's what I'm looking for at this trade deadline is which way do they go? Because I think they need to make a move either way. I don't think you can just keep going on the same path, especially if you're four or five, six games under 500. The pick is out. You know, at that point, you've got to make a call. You passed the preaching, boy. <laughs> boy uh, preaching, we we got to take our first quick break here. While we're That's real sharing right some words from our friends and sponsors, do us Thanks, a favor sir. and hit that thumbs up button. If you're watching along with us on YouTube, we appreciate it mightily. Today's episode brought to you guys by our friends at ComEd. ComEd! The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve manage every usage and lower energy bills. All of them. Now and into the future. Yeah! ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights. Love the LEDs. Come on. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor, outdoor lighting and networked lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. So here's what you do. What you do. Go to comed.com slash poweringbiz right now to start saving money and energy. Also, if you want to start a project, you can contact them at 1-855-433-2700. That's 1-855-433-2700. Mm-hmm. For more information, you can also email them businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. Joey? Yes? They never understood! Never! <laughs> they never understood, They Joey. never understood! Ever, ever, ever! They didn't get it. Oh, Shady Rays don't understand. This is how angry they are about this. They are filled with the peck rage when it comes to people paying for expensive glasses. Oh, that's the, that was your peck rage. Oh, my God. <laughs> what does rage look like to you? I don't know. That looked adorable. That wasn't rage, oh, man. Well, I, I've, I've seen your rage. Yeah, it looks like that. Right. Yeah, now put a well, face on that. It's not a game day, so that was just me just like uh, like a – Fun little pretend rage. See, I told you. It was not, It was a real rage. Yeah, was I got no reason to be rageful right now. This is true. Adorable rage. I'm hanging out with my friends. Yeah. About to have our office party. It's true. And Will's got you. Will's got Christmas lights around <laughs> yeah, his right, neck. Right. Tis the season. Tis the season to Come be Come on, there we go. There we go. <laughs> oh, he's not playing there around. There we go. Oh, but Shady Rays is upset. That's who got that rage. They never they understood. They don't want 
you to pay that money or break the bank for quality sunglasses. They are tired of you doing that. They said, come hang with us. We got you covered. They got those premium polarized shades, y'all, mm. featuring that world-class optical clarity, sustainable durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. A tay. A tay. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program and all of eyewear that Matt Peck lost and broken replacements. Now, not today, but in other days, like yesterday, Matt Peck is full of that rage, and he tosses a hat or two. Career high hat throws last year. <laughs> it was, bro. Oh, my God. You were putting them up. He was Devin Booker out here. He was putting them up. through the roof. He was putting them up, baby. Joey kept stacking them up. I kept knocking them down. Big Dave threw a hat. Jay threw a hat. The Hawks guys were throwing them. Hats were thrown. This is true. All the cool kids are doing it, Joseph. That's right. He even tried on the reversible one. Glasses throws. Shady Ray's throws in the near future. Oh, man. But you don't get to until you finish writing your paper, young man. So if you lose your shades when you're tossing those hats or you break them when you're tossing your hats, guess what? Shady Rays, they're going to toss you a new fresh pair. Oh, they got you covered like that. 200,000, y'all. 200,000. Five Basically a million. Reviews. That's how many they got. So come on down and get on down because you know how Shady Rays gets down to the ground. Exclusive for them listeners out there, though. Mm. All y'all beautiful people with the sexy ears. Shady Rays is running their teeth. Deepest deal of the season. Use that code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That is a buy one, get one free. What they call that, Matt Pack? BOGO. That is a BOGO for the low low of 54 fold. For show, show. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades because the Shady Rays where the rays are oh so damn shady. So shady. Mm. <laughs> Renewable, rechargeable review say, damn, damn, damn. <laughs> See, that's good times. That's Look good times. The bacon. Damn, 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 damn. I that was monumental that's moment. That's what his reference was. Monumental moment. Mm. Yes, it was. Good times. See, that's why he said it. Good times. What time. up, JR? Damn, damn. damn. Uh, all right, guys. We also wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, the Vooch thing. Flip side. Um, there are some people who think that they should be doing more of their offense through Vooch. Yeah. Running more offensive sets through Vooch. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark say more people, I, I see Markay. Stacy King. Okay. I Stacey see Markay hanging people. out with us in the comments. Oh, I know he's already triggered. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and by, by some people, I, I know, obviously, uh, the Bulls broadcast mm-hmm. is definitely making a, a heavy point of that. Mm-hmm. But we were also talking about it, like, in that, in that win against the Jazz a few nights ago. Yeah. When that was an advantage that the Bulls had, and they weren't maybe using it as much as we wanted them to. True. Uh, there's Benjamin in the comments saying, let Vooch cook, <laughs> Mark, quote, unquote, some people. Uh, what, what do you guys think about this? Uh, I have some thoughts on this. So as opposed to the, the ISO from the, DeMar, the yes. ISO from Zach. Yeah, exactly. So it's not so much Vooch in the post that is for me. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I think it should happen more. Yes, I think he should get the ball more in the post because you have an advantage there. And two points is better than zero. I don't know why people talk about it's outdated and shit like that. I mean, I know what's not outdated. Buckets. <laughs> Buckets is not outdated, all right? Buckets will never be Ever. Outdated. It will never. Bill Russell told you, man, this game will always be about buckets. It's about buckets, all right? My thing is this. I think the offense should flow through Vooch. And because looking at it now and just how it's set up, the Bulls are a better team when the ball is moving. Duh. 
they're a better team when that happens. Obviously, I'm not talking about the fourth quarter, you know, when it's DeMar time and, you know, it's got to slow down that way. That's different. I'm talking about that first quarter, those first couple quarters when you're getting everything off, not letting the ball stick, everybody getting a touch, and getting it to the right people to take the right shot. When you look at who they have on the floor and you don't have Lonzo out there, who is your best passer in your starting lineup? It's Nikola Vucevic. He's your best passer. And I also think he's the guy with the best IQ on the floor in that starting lineup. That's what Vooch is. And he's very, very unselfish out there. I think if you run your offense through Vooch, it, that ball does not stick and that movement is key because you'll watch guys starting to cut. I mean, I, I remember when Caruso would start doing it. I remember when Ayo would start doing it. We saw Zach start doing it when he's got the ball like that. You know who I immediately thought of when I was thinking about this, Matt, was Joe Kim Noah. It was the first thing I thought of. When Derrick Rose went down, the offense switched, and they ran everything through Joe Kim Noah. Why? Because he was the best passer on the floor, and he had the highest IQ of anybody out there in the starting lineup. So you put that on the floor, and you allow things to flow through him and everybody else to get that shot around him because they were not a great three-point shooting team either. But they got good buckets because the ball moved. And when the ball moved, like everybody knows, it has an energy. And when it gets to the right person – good things can happen that way. So I think that removes Zach Levine from becoming an ISO person. That removes DeMar DeRozan from constantly thinking he has to be the ISO person. It allows Io to do what I'd like him to do best, which is cutting and slashing and getting to the bucket. And it allows Patrick Williams to do whatever the hell he wants. Mm-hmm. If he wants to go shoot threes out there, shoot those threes. They're going to be open for you. You want to slash on the baseline, you can do that too. You want to go get rebounds, you can do that also. But it also gives you the option of Nikola Vucevic, who is also a skilled offensive player, to have the ball and maybe score out of that set also. So I think it has to start running through Vooch to get everybody eating. I, I agree. I think Vooch is a really good post scorer. I think he's a really good post facilitator. But I think that the Bulls do a pretty good job of balancing it. So we've, we've seen games like the Jazz where they probably don't do it as much as they would want. But they've also seen games like the Celtics where they're going to him every possession because the matchup dictates mm-hmm. that he can get an advantage there. Mm-hmm. There are also games like, I don't know, who, who have they played recently that has like a bigger big man where Vooch doesn't have the same kind of post advantage. Like that would uh, be the Valanchunas. case. Valanchunas. Mm-hmm. That would be the case against Sabonis where he's just not going to be able to get to his post spots mm-hmm. as much. So this year, Vooch is posting up on 21.5% of his mm-hmm. total possessions. Last year, it was 17.8. So they yeah. are going to him a lot more. Uh, it's not as much as his last season in Orlando where it was 23.5, but like it's pretty close. And you know the trajectory is upwards. I think they're doing it right, but you, you cannot fall into a trap where you're trying to just put a square peg into a round hole, mm-hmm. going to him every single time, mm-hmm. killing the flow of your offense, just waiting for him to get in position throwing it down there, getting the kick out pass. Mm-hmm. Re- like it just, you can't play basketball that way. Mm-hmm. It has to be more balanced. And I think the Bulls are actually doing a pretty good job of that. There are totally games like the Jazz game where you want to see more of it. But I, I think for the most part, they're doing a pretty good job. And, and that's where Vooch is at his best, right? Like he's able to show off a lot of his skill set, whether it's mm-hmm. the facilitation, the post. Uh, I mean, he can do a lot. So you do want to maximize him. I think that's where a lot of the frustration was last year mm-hmm. of – this guy's just a spot-up shooter, and he's shooting 31% on threes. Like, what's going on here? Right, right. And And so now you're seeing a little bit more of his offensive versatility in the post. Mm. That's kind of, I think, turned the narrative about him a little I can bit hear that. more positively. I hear that. And again, like I was saying, my thing wasn't 
per se talking about the post offense. I'm just talking about running the offense through him, mm-hmm. like at the, starting from the free throw line extended. So even when you got guys like Valanchunas, that means the big guy is not going to want to come out the lane. So if your free throw line extended and you're running your offense from there, well, then guess what? Your lane is going to be open some kind and of way. The difficult part about that, although I do agree, mm-hmm. is that you have DeMar out there. Sure. Where does he like to be? Exactly. In that same right spot. That, right so in that now spot. you've got two, two bodies plus mm-hmm. two defenders there. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's cramped. Like, what do you do? Do you have DeMar spot up in the corner? Like, that's not his game. Tell him get the hell out the way. Like, I think Vooch is better at spot up shooting than DeMar is. Yeah. So you, you kind of do have to do that. Plus, DeMar is just better than Vooch. So yeah. it's it's a balancing act. And I and I I hesitate to say, let's just, let's go through Vooch fully. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what you're saying. No, not fully. But uh, I do think but that they, could, run, they could always do a little bit more. Maybe they stagger those two guys a little bit. I can and, see that. And go back to those lineups where Zach and Vooch are together. They're yeah. running their, their empty side pick and rolls. Um, really playing off each other well. Like, we've seen that a lot this year, not as much because you've got the Dragic, Drummond, mm-hmm. Zach lineups, which have been killing it. So I think there's still some, like, lineups that could mm-hmm. that could help Vooch get into more of a flow. But I do think, for the most part, we've seen a better job from him facilitating from whether it's the post or the free throw line extended. Yeah, he's got to get his hands on the ball and facilitate. Because, again, when, it's not, when that's not happening for the Bulls, then neither is the offense. Like, right. So it has to have some, like you said, it has to have some kind of balance out there. That has to be a thing. Our guy Mark pointing out in the comments that, look, you know, if you, if you just uh, constantly, repetitively are trying to just run a bunch of uh, post action, that that can stagnate an offense just like iso ball sure. from DeMar can stagnate an offense. Uh, yeah, you run anything over and over again in a stagnate offense. For I sure. think there are also situations. Unless you're Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> True. I think there are also situations where, like, Vooch has a guard and – like I'm kind of picking on Stacy here because this is just like the person I hear talking about it. Mm-hmm. But like Stacy will say, "Go to the post. You got a guard on you." But like some of these guards are like, their team switches, mm-hmm. so they're used to guarding the post. They're really good at it. Like posting up James Harden or Marcus Smart is not an advantage. Those guys are incredible post defenders. Mm-hmm. Posting up Cameron Payne is, and that's that's the time where you go to it. But I just mm-hmm. it's not as simple as like, go to it every time or go to it every time you got a guard on you. It's just there has to be more balance in it. And I'm not saying. They shouldn't go to it because I totally think they should, but it's just it's a balancing act. Uh, Joey, you put it up a few minutes ago. Can you put up that uh, those string of tweets from our guy Mark again, please? Because I saw these tweets from Mark last night as people keep you know talking about are they using Vooch enough? Are they not? Mm. You were mentioning the fact that his post touches are actually up from last season, Will, which is interesting. On top of that, just to give you some perspective compared to the rest of the league. Our guy Mark looked this up uh, and found that Z- that Vooch is actually seventh in the in the NBA in post up frequency this season, tenth mm-hmm. in post up possessions per game. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying that he's not getting enough of that, by comparison to the rest of the league, he's up there. He's up there. And then also, I would also Mark, wonder like who those other players are because it's right. not just like your average center. Like a lot of these guys, it's Luca, it's right. Giannis, like mm-hmm. guys that aren't like as far as centers Indeed. go, he's got to be really high up there yeah. with Embiid and, and and the fact that uh, as you saw in those uh, subsequent tweets Mark I don't think Vooch is taking too many threes we've talked about that about you know why is your big man out there at the perimeter he should be inside banging all the time mm. I mean that that three-point rate you saw it's not that high uh you know you occasionally see those nights where Vooch will jack a bunch of threes and you say well why didn't he get more touches inside 
but it's not the case always. I think Bulls fans, for whatever reason, since Vooch arrived, have this this incorrect notion that he shoots more threes than he does get touches inside, and that's not the case. Oh, that's definitely not the case. Uh, he definitely gets more touches, way more touches inside. Uh, I see Ricky saying it's not about running it through Vooch, but he has a lot of mismatches that aren't being taken advantage of. I agree with that second part, but for me it is kind of about running it through him. Like, you have to mix this up. Like, he has – your best passer on the floor has to pass the ball. You know what I mean? Like putting the ball in his hands. Your best passer and your best and your highest IQ guy out there, you have to give them the basketball, you know what I'm saying, so they can do what they do best. And that's what Vooch does, you know, best. You know, that's what he's very, very good at. So it's, I don't think it's an issue giving him the basketball and running plays through him and saying, hey, man, facilitate a little bit, get everybody it's all, involved. It's a good point. And it's also kind of makes me think of this other – idea which is like it depends on how the defense is playing if you're switching everything and you got a smaller guard on you sure but if you're down there and they're guarding you one-on-one with like Joel Embiid or something you're not you don't have an advantage there you're not going to be able to score on him and the defense isn't doubling you they're not collapsing on you where you have the the open kick out so it just it does depend on the way that the defense is guarding you his ability to make plays is really good but like you can't make plays if there's no advantage there's no double coming where you can actually make the right pass right correct absolutely right um gotta make the pass eric saying we lack a taj and boozer on the rebounding end uh, I, I don't know if that was uh motivated that comment was motivated by the fact that we're discussing vooch right now uh we're discussing vooch on the offensive end mm-hmm. um the Bulls are a top five nba team in defensive rebounding percentage yeah because they just, got him by the Trump, way like yeah because they got Vooch and Drummond. Yeah. Also, do you remember Carlos Boozer? Not exactly known for his prowess on the defensive glass. He would yell, grab it, Joe. Yeah. Give me while that, he Joe. watched Joe Keem Get that, Joe. do the work on the glass. He did do this pretty often. That might be the first time I've ever heard Carlos Boozer referred to as like, oh, an elite rebounding force. Defensively, he is a great, re- but again, that's why Marquez is telling you that fourth in defensive rebounding because that's where Carlos Boozer was. He was he was not an offensive rebounder; he was a defensive rebounder. They also have, but the Bulls have that covered. They also have Andre Drummond. Correct. Off the that's bench what Matt, this year. Like Matt just mentioned, like a dude who comes in and will get you ten rebounds in ten minutes. Like that's kind of what Andre Drummond is, man. So, yeah, they have that. Those those are the things I'm worried about. <laughs> you know, with with this team, those are the concerns. The defense and the rebounding have been solid for the Chicago Bulls. It's that other shit that I'm talking about on the offensive end and running the damn ball through boots. That's what I'm talking about. Not that other stuff out there. That's what they need to be doing. Getting to the three-point shot. Give me a three. God damn it. Shoot some threes. What, what was it last night? Four of 25? Oh, uh, four. I'm not ready to talk about it. Uh, it's still, yeah. still raw. I don't, I don't, I don't have my Deep hat. Burn. I don't have my hat bucket next to me. We can't start talking about both three-point shooting. Yeah, you're supposed to be happy. You're not, not supposed, supposed to be. not supposed to be angry right now. We got to take one more quick break here while we're uh, – Sharing these words from our friends and sponsors, hit that thumbs up button if you haven't already. Appreciate it. Helps us out a lot. Woo! Today's episode brought to you guys by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hoops junkies, the NBA's back. It's heating up. Still so many unknowns. Will Tatum win MVP? Will it be Luka? When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, Mm -hmm. an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and an official betting partner here with us at CHGO. (laughs) 
I don't know why that's so funny. No, I'm looking at what oh, Larry Strickland okay. said. <laughs> New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA Moneyline bet before the game. And if your team wins that Moneyline bet, you're getting $150 in free bets. What well an amazing done. deal. Well $5 turns into $150. Check this out. Also, everyone right now can earn up to a 100% boost with that DraftKings stepped up same game parlay. Boom. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Start your same game parlay with some points, with some boards, uh, with some dimes, with some three-pointers made. Throw a spread in there. Throw an over-under in there. The more win. legs you add, the bigger the boost, yep. the bigger your shot to win big. Boom. When you download that app, don't forget that promo code CHGO mm. so you make sure you get that great deal on the $5 NBA Moneyline bet. Mm. It is time, gentlemen, for our DraftKings pick of the week. Bah, 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 bah. There's one NBA game on tonight's slate, which is baffling to Just me. Just one? There were 13 NBA games yeah. last night. Tonight, there's one. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. The so you know what? No offense to Pistons Mavs. That's you, the only you know, game? That's the only game tonight is Pistons Mavs. <laughs> that's even more depressing. I know, right? <laughs> so because of that, I'm looking at Thursday Night Football in the NFL. Uh-huh. I'm looking at Bills, pa- Patriots. 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 My favorite team. Looking at the Beatles, yes. Patriots. Yes. Um, oh. it's, Bills are only minus four. Okay. And I know that there's maybe been some questions, like they just barely eked it out against the Lions. Um Josh Allen's like elbow is kind of a thing, but it is every, thing. every report I've heard this week is, yeah, he's playing through it, and he's still fine, and he'll continue to be fine. Yeah. Minus four? Dude, the hell with the Patriots. <laughs> Those are going to crush this team. They should. Give me bills to cover minus four over the Patriots in Thursday Night Football. That's my DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick of the week. That's a pick, pick of the week Don't forget right that there. promo code, CHGO. Ooh, pick, pick of the week. I love betting against the Patriots. I know you do. It's like betting against the Death Star. Their defense is mean, though. No, their defense is mean. Pretty damn mean, dog. <laughs> Pretty damn team mean. Is, team is trash. <laughs> I want to be with you, but I can't because they're not. Trash. All right, we'll say that. I know it's not trash. That apparel at Pins and Aces. Oh, oh kitty, kitty. looking fly, looking smooth. Just like for this man over here. When I say Pins and Aces, he is the first face I think of right there. The face of Pins and Ace is in the place. And his name is the coach. Oh, looking smooth and right. <laughs> he doesn't even golf regularly. He does golf. Dude. We were there in what Vegas. Talking about? We saw the putting competition. Yeah, Joey, back up. I watched <laughs> that dude sink like a 30 he's foot putt. Right? He's skilled, but he's not like an. I'm, I'm not a golfer, but. Right. That was a. Of the three of, of us. The three, okay, yeah. You were that's fair. Yes. That's fair. Thank but you. I face of pins and aces. Go your roll, Joey. I did sink that putt. <laughs> Get up off of that, There's Joey. There's video evidence. There sank it is. Sank that putt. Sank that putt. There is proof. And when I say you been on the course. What? When I say you been on the golf course. <laughs> When's the last time you've been? <laughs> you understand the words that are coming out of my no, mouth? No, I don't. Man, nobody understands the words that are coming out of your mouth. When's the last, time? When's the last time you've been on the golf course? Um, probably like May. May? Yeah. Matt, last time? A golf course? Uh-huh. Oh, God, years. Yeah, me, never. Yeah. He's a golfer. I think <laughs> we and Will would have a good match. Like, I think he would kick my ass. I'm not good either. I think it would be a, a lot of fun. We you have, Will, have you ever golfed sub 100? Um, I, uh, my career high is 99. Yeah. Okay. You, 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 you would whoop me then. Usually, usually you'd I'm whoop like me. 110, 115. You'd, I just whoop, had a you'd great whoop me if you had not, Again, Joey, he golfs. One but, more time uh, for you. He golfs. That's what he does. The pins and aces is what he's going to have on because it's the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. That's what I was going to say. Yes, it is. If I'm going to golf, I'm wearing pins and aces. There it is. Obviously. 
Yes, we lo- he loves that pins and aces gear, and he gets tons of confidence on and off the course when he puts it on, when he gets back out there when the weather is nice. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business, making those amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even that Matt Peck beer sleeve. You know he want it, that innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep your mm-hmm. drinks frosty cold the entire round. Or for me, I call it the sleeve of death. Because I'm going to have them liquid deaths up in there, in the vicinity, baby, ready to go. So check out pensandaces.com and use the code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pensandaces.com. Play good, look good, look good, all good. Shout out to our guy Jimmy, a.k.a. UK Chicago Bulls, who said, let's play golf when I'm in Chicago next week. I suck, too. Next week? Come on down. Yeah, dude, you didn't hear that Jimmy is coming to Chicago? Have you ever been to Chicago in December? That's what I'm talking about. Come on. You can bring the elements. That I could, but I ain't. I don't even think golf courses are, like, open. I don't. I've never gone golf golfing in the snow. I have, however, a couple of years ago, shit. I was out visiting my buddy in Denver, uh-huh. and there was, Let's. like, a blizzard that was coming down right after I, I landed in Denver. Okay. I just barely beat the snowstorm. Mm-hmm. And we went frisbee golfing in a blizzard, and it was so much fun. That sounds fun. Yeah. I think we would have fun, like, going to Top Golf together. Top Golf would be great. Yeah. Okay. Eh. Pack, Pack just gave a crazy... Face. Golf, like man. that was the worst idea just, ever. Having never been to a Top Golf in my life, it's, I am turned off by the concept of who I think are the type of people who would go to Top Golf. Damn, I've, I'm not a huge <laughs> Top Golf guy, but like you know, Stevens like, yeah, I would be that guy. He was like rage, yes, <laughs> rage. Just, I feel his rage. That's just a crowd of people I don't need. Yeah, not yours. No, me and Joey. Not to say, I'm just about to say. The gonna be in the I place. would happily hang out with you guys out outside of work somewhere other than a top golf. He's hurt. It's the giving season. Yes, See, he's got the necklace on. Okay, it's season of giving, man. Light it up for him. What about mini golf? <laughs> mini golf. I would Jr. Go from to a Grand mini Rapids. Golf course than a top golf. And again, this is a completely this is zero yeah. experience at a top golf opinion of mine. Yeah, it's just prejudging. Yeah, that I'm guessing based on what I hear. Uh-huh. Kind of people who I hear talk about top golf, uh-huh. going to, oh, top golf, top golf. <laughs> I would not like it there. <laughs> like, For the I'm record, I've never been to top golf. I want to clarify that now, but I do think it would be fun. I've been once. Of course you have. You're a golfer. It was like years ago before I even started golfing, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Are you kidding? Years me? ago before I started golfing. You hear this man? The man's a golfer. That's what he does, man. Uh, guys, Okay, <laughs> he'll be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't want to hear about mine. <laughs> we should Mark. do it though. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. Yeah, of course, Mark. Of course, I'm judgmental without cause. That's who I am. It's what I do. That's his whole shtick. Shtick, guys. Uh, speaking of being judgmental without cause, let's talk about how Bulls fans should feel about this team one quarter of the way through the season. Well done, sir. Now, I, I do think that Bulls fans have cause to be frustrated right now. Mm-hmm. Nine and twelve, in my opinion. Not the end of the world. Two and a half games back of safely avoiding the play-in mm-hmm. after you've endured the hardest strength of schedule schedule yeah. of any team in the NBA yeah. is not end of the world. It's not. But I understand that this team is not where we want them to be. No, and the reason, and I can understand the frustration, is there are at least three losses that should have been wins for the Chicago Bulls. And, and Orlando, that's where the frustration San Antonio, is. San and, Antonio. And Washington. OKC. Throw Washington. Yeah, that could be four. Well, that could be four then. Yeah, but there were the three of them. I'm like, yeah, they should have won that game. But, yeah, it's definitely the Orlando one. 
was a was a crusher for a lot of Bulls fans. You know, that was the one they wanted to win and should have won. So I get it. It makes sense. Like he's like Matt said, it makes sense. The frustration. It's just the deep end where people are going is where I just have no desire to be. You know what I'm saying? That's just a wild, wild place down there, man. No, I'm cool back here chilling in the shadow and dipping my toes in that. You know what I'm saying? Checking Dip the temperature and things. Jacuzzi, but baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm not there yet. Of course, you know, nobody's happy with being 9 and 12. You know what I mean? You're not satisfied with that. But having the toughest schedule in the NBA and still not being a whole basketball team and still figuring it out and still not having any three-point shooting and all these deficiencies that the Chicago Bulls have, 9 and 12 in basically a couple games out uh, of the playoff, of the uh, play playoffs. In. No, not even playing, but I'm talking about the playoffs. You're a couple games off, off of the sixth seed. So you're a few out of the playoffs for the Chicago Bulls. And it's still early, so, yeah. I get it. I get the frustration. Yeah. This team has been disappointing for the most part. They've had some really impressive wins that I think are probably the only reason that a lot of people are, like, not on the ledge right now. But, like, they got to play better for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they will. I think you've seen a lot that suggests that there will be improvement and – not a lot that suggests that there's like area for them to f- totally fall off. Right. Like last year, Billy Donovan would be the first to tell you this team's shooting 39, 40% on threes, shooting the fewest threes per game. Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be some regression there. He even That's said that happen. openly to the media and therefore the public when they were on that, you know, wi- a winning streak he here said it or there. multiple times. Yeah. He said, like, hey, he, just he pump brought the brakes. Up, I remember. He, he brought up multiple times um, last season training camp that they're in the plan if DeMar doesn't hit back-to-back game winners. Yep. Like, they get it. There's area, I think, that's why we talk about overperforming. There's area for them last year to have the kind of second half mm-hmm. that they did. Obviously, that was a disappointment. Obviously, I think it was worse than what anybody would have thought. But there was reason to believe that they would not be as good as they were. Sure. I think kind of the opposite is true this year. They are not performing well in the clutch. They've still got injuries. Zach Levine is not looking as good as he has. The shooting has kind of tapered off. I, I, I put this in my recap from last night. He's shooting like 14, 12, 13% yeah, yeah. on threes over the last Oof. 10 games. Yeah. Hooch is down to 29% over the last 10 games. Mm. Like the shooting has not been there despite some hot performances from the right. team. Um, the defense, so, so you, you expect some improvement there, right? You expect some positive regression. But the defense has looked pretty good. Okay, there's probably going to be some regression there, but like 11th to 15, 16, I think is a reasonable expectation for what this group is. Yeah. Um, performing so poorly in the clutch, I think it's reasonable to expect them to improve given what we saw from them last year during the first and second half of the season. DeMar mm-hmm. was scoring 50 against the Clippers and winning those games. Like the Bulls ha- are a better clutch team than what they have performed this year. Yeah. Um, and they've they've had 10 clutch games. So you, you bump that up to five, six instead of two wins – all of a sudden, the record is 12 and 9 instead of 9 and 12. Yeah. So I think there's area for improvement. Um, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with Lonzo. And based on what Billy said last night, who knows if he'll ever come back. But Zach Levine, I think you can expect him to start to look more like himself at some point. Um, I, I just think that they're playing like one of the other things that I've heard a criticism of them is that their shot profile is roughly the same. Like they're taking a lot of mid rangers, they're not shooting a lot of threes. Mm-hmm. They're still not getting the free throw line as much as they were last year. Mm-hmm. So what are we expecting to change? But I think the process has changed in a positive way, which is the way that they're getting to those shots. Mm-hmm. It's not DeMar, 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 DeMar. 
It's move the ball around the perimeter. It's get into multiple actions and then get into Demar, so he can do Demar, Demar, Demar instead of Demar, 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 Demar. So Damn, I that think makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. I think I, I'm going to need that one more time to fully comprehend what you were talking I about. I hope you. I hope that the people listening on the podcast will refer to the video on YouTube. <laughs> you so don't that even they can need it. Like that. if you're a basketball, <laughs> you kind of know what he's saying right here. Yeah, Thank that you. Makes I'm, a lot glad, of sense, I'm glad you got honestly. that. That makes sense. Um, but so all that to say, I think that there is reason to expect this team to be better. I get the frustration that they haven't been good. And I also think that there is a reasonable argument to be made that they kind of have an opportunity to go the other direction yeah. if they wanted it. I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they should. Yeah. But I get where we are relative to all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, I think the trajectory is going to be upwards. Now, they've got to they've got to get there. They've got to actually win the games. But I think it's more likely that we see them perform better than we see them perform worse. And, and DeMar, 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 I mean, you mentioned Zach. Zach in particular. Zach has been so bad. I can't imagine that Zach Levine is going to get worse than this stretch of games we've seen him play recently. Yeah, that is, That is completely illogical as, as a possible outcome of where we go from here. Is Zach somehow being worse than this? What is he, 2 of 12 from 3 in his yeah. last two games? It's clearly something He's wrong. shooting, you know, negative broccoli percent <laughs> from the field. Do like, so you know he hates it? I mean. Negative broccoli. Oh, that's amazing. You know, just looking at the Bulls, like, and where they stack up, looking at their numbers, obviously their de- defensive numbers are much better than the offensive ones. On the offensive side, though, looking at all their numbers, do you know the only two places that they are in the top ten? The only two. Um, of like all statistical categories? Of all their statistical categories, like like offense rebounding, three-point attempts, you know, assists, turnovers, uh, total rebound, all that stuff. On the mid, offensive end? On the offensive end. Does mid-range shooting percentage <laughs> fall into uh, that category? No. Okay. Free, free throw line? Correct. I was going to say free throw and um, like effective field goal? No. Free throws uh, made free throws? and free, and throw, free throw, percentage. throw percentage. All right, wow. That's it. They're number seven mm. in free throws made and number three in free throw percentage. And I don't even think That's they're it. as good as they were last year in that department. Ain't that why? Yeah, it felt like they, they got to the line at a different kind of rate. I'm going to look it up you know right now. It, it wasn't DeMar, 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 DeMar specifically. DeMar, 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 DeMar. Right. They actually are getting to the, to the free throw line at a higher rate than they were last mm-hmm. year. Number seven and number three. That's where they are. The Chicago Bulls. I mean, that's that's how they won that Utah game. Correct. Because they also chucked bricks from three in that game. But they lived at the free throw line in, in that game. Lived from there. Because obviously Utah is a three-point shooting team. So they're not going to get to the free throw line as much. But the Bulls definitely did. They and took that's, advantage. that's how they have to win games, right? Like, they're going to lose the three-point attempt battle for the most part. Mm-hmm. They are, they've got to win at the free throw line. They've got to win at the rim. And they've got to win... Um, Defensive rebounding. Mm-hmm. Because if they're they're trying to do their thing in transition, I think they're doing a pretty good job of that. But if they're doing that at the expense of getting defensive rebounds, they're going to get killed. Yeah. If they're not beating people in the mid-range, which, I mean, if you're not doing that, you're just shit out of luck. Yeah. Like there's, you're just not winning because yeah. that's a DeMar bad game and you're just not going to win that game. Correct. So you've got to – it's basically it's like DeMar has to do his thing at a super high level and the rest of the stuff around him has to be good. It has to be the transition, has to be rebounding, right. and has to be getting to the rim. Right. And those are the areas where, like, it's the rest of the guys. Yeah. Because we've seen so far, like, DeMar's scoring is down, I think, in large part due to the fact that the Raptors triple-teamed him every time. Yes. And they played them twice now. He was held in single-digit scoring mm-hmm. both games. I think if you remove those, his scoring's right where it was last year. Mm. 
So he's giving you approximately the same as what you got last year for him. Washington, too. They also did that. Washington, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the rest of the guys and in the process leading up to it. And I think they've improved in all those categories. You're going to have games where Io goes, you know, over whatever from three or Vooch is one for seven or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be the consistency of all the other stuff. And I think there's reason to believe that that is at the very least improving. And everything else, if you, I mean, everything else is kind of middle of the pack as far as their number is concerned, you know, 18th, 19th, 14th. But again, the glaring one is the three point shooting, you know, dead last in attempts. And, and 28th in, in, in makes, you know? Oh, like, wait, total makes or percentage? Total, oh, excuse me, hold on. Let me get that for you. Correct for Matt Peck. That is 30th in attempts and 28th in three-pointers made. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because last night I checked, like, as far as their uh, accuracy on the three-point shots, they're, like, middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Not great. Because mm-hmm. remember, that was the other thing about last season and that crazy hot start, and you Correct. mentioned it a minute ago, Will. They didn't take a ton of threes, but they were hitting them at On a crazy fire. clip. And when that stopped happening, they they failed. completely <laughs> fell apart. Right. They failed the fuck And off. then they also, on top of that, started shooting fewer and fewer as the season progressed. Yeah. They went from being dead last in three-point attempts to dead last by an even wider margin. And Maddie once Legend. again, this season so far, they find themselves dead last. Maddie Legend. And um, I think that is, that is an area for, for concern for me still because – did you say Maddie Legend? I'm just processing that. Just because you whisper it doesn't make it less offensive, Dave. I just processed that very slowly. How you hear that, but you ain't hear the golf course question. I, I don't know, man. That was what weird. Is, what is I just that? could not it understand was, what you're you, you garbled it a little bit. <laughs> I literally I, said I, I said didn't it understand times. it until the the second time you heard it, and I just barely understood it the second time. He didn't understand so the second time. So when he asked you a third time, I was like, I understand. So three times in? Yeah. It was garbled to you three times in. It I'm was speaking plain English. David, my friend, you have got to enunciate. Oh, my enunciation is amazing, sir. Is you it? would not put this on me. It was, better it was or worse than Joey's. Not. It was a complete uh, fail on my part. <laughs> better or worse than Joey's essay writing skills. I haven't seen his essay writing skills. So I you know there's an odd place semicolon. You know. That was my way of <laughs> reminding Joey he owes me a term paper. <laughs> Look what you done, Joey. Look what you turned this man into. Don't do this. It's going to blow you all away. I already wrote. I had my thesis in the chat earlier. It's got a thesis ready to go. Was last time yeah, you did you paper? just copy and paste that from a Google search bar of yes. mice and men? Yes, because that's what it looked like. <laughs> in of mice and men, John Steinbeck shows the inevitable failure of the American dream through the lives of migrant workers during the. Okay, that's not yeah, even see, a thesis. That's not, an, a thesis that's not a thesis. Of an essay. That's a summary. That's just a one a sentence synopsis. plot summary. Yeah. Dang, Joey. Well, all right. <laughs> First of all, I know the steps to writing a good thesis. I just we'll we'll, talk, we'll discuss later. We can discuss it later. I don't, don't want <laughs> <laughs> to. Dave does not want to discuss it later. I would like to discuss it later. Yeah, he's Matt Peck. Perhaps it has to be with you. It has to be arguable. And maybe maybe we need to make this a parent teacher conference as well. <laughs> Bring we'll his family see. in. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. We're out of time. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us today. Hit that thumbs up button before you head out of here. We will be back tomorrow. Bulls, West Coast trip continues late night. 9 p.m. Chicago time tip-off. What do I? Golf course? That's how it sounds to me? How sad. Run this back and check me out. We will be here for pregame at 8.30. We are going to be doing remote pregame and postgame tomorrow because it's a late one. But we will be here as in on YouTube. For pregame at 8.30. Mm-hmm. And then back for postgame mm-hmm. at, I don't know, midnight. Mm. Hopefully the Bulls make it worth our while for staying up late. Yes. Um, 
Yeah. So we will see you tomorrow late night for pregame, 8.30 Central Time. In the meantime, you can hit us up on Twitter. Will underscore golly. Ball sports. Bow. Joey's bath. This is at Joey's bath. Is mm-hmm. on Bulls underscore peck. We are at CHGO underscore Bulls. Shout out, Jimmy, one more time. Safe travels to America soon. Can't wait to see you, bud. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We uh, we got to get a rager going here. Thursday? Mm-hmm. A rager? Yeah. CHGO Friendsgiving. Now y'all can have it. <laughs> cool, baby. I'm good. We'll talk to you next time. See you guys. Time early, man. <laughs> <laughs>